And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to another We Are Mead podcast. It's uh, Davey Rusman and Mickey Brennan here as always. And uh, Davey, again, another quiet week on the GEA front, but uh, we will be uh, uh, bringing a few different items and topics to the, the, to the podcast this week. Yeah, not, not a whole pile happening, Mickey. Um, I know a lot of clubs are out there trying to do their own bit of individual training to maybe lessen the load in pre-season when we do get back, whether that be March or, or April or May or God knows when it'll be, but... I suppose at the minute, yeah, it's, it's just about trying to keep yourself um, fit and well and I suppose mentally keep yourself right as well by getting out for a run or a jog or whatever just to clear the mind and clear the head. Yeah, and uh, there is the initiative as well out there where the clubs have all joined. Um, I'm just trying, uh, what is this, my life, Irish life, the, the walking um, and running and getting your, your kilometres in and there's, there's a good healthy competition going on between a lot of clubs and there's some great spats going on between St. Colm Kills and uh, one of the teams from Dublin. I can't remember. Is it Clontarf? Yeah, Clontarf, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's there's a bit of crack going on there as well. But nice, healthy rivalry between the Dubs and the Mead people. Yeah, and there was nothing in it. I haven't heard. I just went on to Twitter there to see was there an update because uh, I think today is obviously the last day of it and there was literally, I think, 10 or 15 kilometres in it at lunchtime between them. Um, St. Colm Gills at 19,828 at lunchtime and Clontarf at 19,834. So uh, literally, what was it, six kilometres between them? Absolutely incredible. So um, I don't think it actually really matters who wins because anyone who gets over, I think it's the 4,000 kilometre mark, goes into a draw for, for a set of O'Neill's tops or something or jerseys or um, a voucher for the club, basically. But uh, great to see it. And, you know, that's an, an unbelievable tally to have equated at this stage and I suppose it emphasises the sizes and column kills and the amount of members they have in the club Yeah absolutely when they can get those types of numbers up What about yourself Davey have you uh, been clocking up the miles yet? Yeah we've we've been flat out yeah we've been on uh, on Strava just the lads we, we're probably a little bit sorry that we didn't do that because there's a lot of people out walking around the pitch you know in the evenings and that as well but just you know, past us by, but uh, we're trying to do a bit and mixing it up, you know, week on week and dividing it into groups to create a little bit of competition between the lads. And um, I think there's a prize for the winning team who can get the most points after a month or six weeks. So, it, yeah, we're doing a bit. Yeah, yeah, everybody what, is. What about you, to... Mick? Yeah, doing a small bit, Davey. Um, not really clogging up the miles, there's more circuits at the moment. Um, the rest of the lads are all running and uh, getting their sprints and getting their long runs and stuff in. But uh, I'm a 
this time of the year. There's no point in me doing all that this time of the year because I'll only break down. Um, you know, I, I you can't get much fitter. I can't get much fitter than I am, Dave. You know, so I just I just do maintenance on my fitness. So I do, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes in the summer. Let's just say, um, Dave, just on, on on a couple of different fronts. There, great to see um, young Nafina uh, footballer, uh, an ex Mead uh, underage footballer as well, Luke McNally, making the the crossover to England to play with Oxford United, uh, leaving St Pat's Athletic in Dublin to go and play with Oxford United, and. You know, it's it's been a trend in, in in recent years that Mead are producing some top quality soccer players at the minute. It's it's incredible, yeah. Son of the great uh, Dick McNally out in Nafina and a nephew of James, who is of course the joint manager in Beliver. Um, so yeah, he has a great underage background with Nafina, and that's obviously served him well. And I suppose Nafina's loss is is going to be Oxford's gain, but they're a club operating in League One, and they'd have. Uh, that have a decent history of, I suppose, bringing Irish players across and, and you know, including them in their squad. But, I, I mean, he's only one of a number of Mead players out there at the minute. Like the, the biggest one is probably, at the moment, Daryl Lenehan, who's captain of Blackburn Rovers, obviously a brother of Donal. Um, they had another great win at the weekend. They're knocking on the door of the playoffs in the championship. And then the two boys over in St Mirren, um, albeit they don't have the background that McNally had or, or even Daryl Lenehan had, but Jamie McGrath and Dylan Connolly are, are really mm. shooting the lights out for Samirin and obviously they came to prominence with that win over Celtic at the weekend, but Jamie McGrath has been playing exceptionally well throughout the course of the year and Dylan Connolly has really reinvented himself. He had a stint at Wimbledon and he was back in Dundalk and then went back across as well, but he seemingly settled in Scotland and it's uh, it's real high for, for me players over there by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. So it is because you know, like me, me has produced some top quality soccer players in the years, but none of them really broke into teams uh, across the water and stuff like that. Like, so it'd be great to see uh, a, a, an, an Irish international coming from me that 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 I suppose could sustain a place on the starting eleven of an Irish senior team. Um, it'd be great for the county. Uh, it'd be great for soccer within the county. Okay, not great for the GEA because players uh, w- would that would build the profile maybe of, of soccer. But it is great to see that these lads um, who soldiers with their GEA clubs, the likes of Luke McNally, I suppose from Nafina, um, uh, getting his just rewards for all his work there. Um, he was uh, he he played underage with me. He's twenty one now. Like so, he's it's, you don't really hear of that happening much. Uh, a twenty one year old being being brought across the water. Yeah, it's very unusual. Normally, they, they go over when they're, you know, 15, 16, I suppose. Jimmy Corcoran in, in Drumbarrow would be um, the, the probably the, the illustration of that. You know, when he first went over to Preston and he's since come back and then obviously joined up with Dundalk. And, you know, I think, the, you know, a, a cousin a cousin of mine, uh, David Mooney, went over. but And he was actually about the same age. He was 22 or 3 and he'd done extremely well in the League of Ireland at the time. But nowadays, it seems... It's like there's more of a culture of young players going over and there's a fall off of something like 80, 85% that don't actually make it over yeah. there. So it's great to see the four or five lads that are there at the moment are clearly sustaining and they're going from strength to strength. And I know Darrell Lenhin, I think, has been capped now with Ireland, but he'll be a regular in the squad going forward. You'd like to hope that Jamie McGrath would, on, on the back of his performances this season would be included in the next Irish squad for Stephen Kenny's team. So, you know, it's, it's brilliant. And obviously, you know, we have the crack and we slag soccer and everything like that. But at the minute when there's no GA, it's providing a great distraction for 
all of us, I suppose, sport lovers out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, although it was an absolute snooze fest between uh, United and Arsenal yesterday, Davy. Uh, my beloved Arsenal, uh, Man United, and your oh, beloved, your beloved Ars- <laughs> My beloved Man United and your beloved Arsenal, and uh, what an absolute snooze fest! What a load of absolute shit! Give me a Junior B or Junior D game any day of the week. Yeah, I, I was. If we had the Junior B full forward, we probably would have got the win with the couple of chances we created. But then Edison Cavani sort of. Um, you know, looks like a junior B full four by times as well. He should have buried one or two. So it could, look, it wasn't it wasn't the worst the nil nils I've ever seen, but it wasn't great either, Mickey. And it's funny because normally I was just braced for either giving a lot of stick to the likes of yourself or getting a lot of stick from the likes of yourself. And it was very <laughs> subdued. My phone was very quiet last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so was mine. And uh, I was I actually was sitting there waiting for something to happen so that I could either slag you or turn off my phone um, but n- nobody gave us the chance to do that uh, Davey just moving on anyway uh, I just want to maybe uh, bring to the attention of our listeners um, that are probably not on our Loyal Royals podcast or uh, signed up for that you did an interview with uh, the one and only Rory O'Connor the legend that is the Donnemore Ashburn man uh, last week and we sent it out in our Patreon service and uh what a what a brilliant brilliant uh, interview it was, and he's such an interesting character. There's so many strings to his bow. Yeah, when when we were talking about it after, you know, I, I was saying he's some man for a story, and you were just like, yeah, Rory, just with the stories, he just continues to produce them. And it's funny because with with people we bring on to the podcast, generally you prompt them with these sort of things. So you say, tell us about this time, tell us about that time. Whereas with Rory, he just takes it on his own bat to bring them up. And uh, some, like, just you'd be in fits laughing at the man. He's just one of these naturally funny people. And uh, he just puts you in a good mood. Like, when, I, when it was eventually done, I just, I turned off the laptop. And I was just in great form after talking to him because he's just so refreshingly honest. Even the way he talks, like, there's no sort of PC about him. He just carries on the way he is. And that's what we love on this podcast, Mick. It really is. And uh, yeah. he was fantastic talking about the football, the, the comedy, and then obviously the mental health, which, you know, he's taken a huge interest in. And as I said, he's become a huge advocate for mental health in the last number of years as well. And he, he said it himself, he's gone through dark days. He still goes through dark days. Like, it's not just something that, just goes away like that unfortunately he he has as many dark days as he ha- has good days but I suppose it's the way in which he manages them and as you heard from a Mickey you know exercise for him is probably the number one remedy yeah absolutely and, and it's learning to deal with it and how you deal with it and knowing that you can get through it and that tomorrow is you know is a new day and stuff he, he, yeah he, he's 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 very inspiring and you know what I love about him is he's nearly that last link between the old school football and the new style of football that we have these days. And he's just caught in between because he he was caught in, I suppose he was brought up in a culture of, uh, you know, playing GAA, but in, enjoying it and enjoying what comes after a game of football. Going for your few points and, you know, and having the crack in the social aspect of the GAA. Because this GAA, playing GAA these days, you know, the whole social aspect has completely changed with it. And, uh, you know, he could have he could have very easily gone on and played, you know, senior for me for years. Um, but he just, he was just, there was just that fine line. Had he been maybe 10 years previous, 
he would have been able to do all the things he loved doing, which is a social life and all that, and played the GAA and probably played inter-county football. But it was just that that change in, of the guard kind of, where, where the GAA kind of just stepped up into a little bit of a professionalism and that whole social aspect of it was gone. And that's probably what stopped him from going on and playing county football. Uh, exactly. He was stuck, literally, as you said, in the middle part of the transition between old school and um, present the way it is now. Um, and obviously he, he served his club extremely well in that time, but definitely the inter-county game was just starting to change around the probably mid-2000s. Um, and then when he really came to the boil, then it was probably completely changed. But like I think he was a minor captain for me in 2004, wasn't it, Mick? And, yeah. Um, obviously won an intermediate with Dunham or Ashburn in 07. Played senior then for the few years and then ended up missing out on their senior final in 2013 with that eye uh, eye complaint or eye injury that he had that needed to be rectified. And, you know, he didn't play all that much after. He played a bit of intermediate. We came up against him as well and thereafter played a bit of B-League. And I know you came up against him and he, <laughs> he, he revealed that famous story about that free kick, Mickey, which I know you're mad for me to talk about. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, no. If anybody wants to hear it, I'll let Rory tell it because he tells it well. Yeah. Uh, and he never lets the truth get in the way of a good story. I know he actually he actually practically told it word for word. So uh, no, it was it was a bit of crack. I always got on well with him, and, and uh, you know that that that's what I loved about it. it was that like he got in trouble with his manager. If anybody hears the story, he got in trouble for his, with his manager uh, after the game for for having a bit of crack. He was on the bench, and I was mm. taking the free, and he made a bet with me while I was taking the free. And you know he got, in, but like it was a bit of crack. You know, when he got in trouble with his manager, his manager was saying, like, you shouldn't be doing that. And, you know what I mean? Like, take this serious and whatever. Mm. The crack is going out of the GEA. And I, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's you know, it was, it, was, it was just two guys who know each other having a bit of crack on the, uh, on the field and, uh, you know, having a, having a small wager on a free kick. Like, you know, this, this is the mentality of these massive senior managers who insist on taking the B-League team as well, Mickey, because <laughs> like this is what it was. It was a B-League game. I, in yeah. Rory's words, I'll go with his, and he said that the game was in the bag for them and he was withdrawn with about five minutes to go, <laughs> which makes it all the more ridiculous that he was fucked out of it by the manager, do you know? But look, you, you, can't, you can't really change a man like that. And as you heard, he, like he's played under Andy McEntee as well and like it sounds as if Andy completely changed the culture within Dunham or Ashburn and turned them into winners, I suppose, um, and yeah. got them over the line and finally established them then as a senior club and walked away there thereafter. But um, yeah, he, he you, you get that impression from him, Mickey, wouldn't you, when you're talking to him that he, he just likes to play it more so for the social element of it now. He, he doesn't feel mm-hmm. as if he could dedicate the amount of time and effort that even a club team probably requires nowadays. And uh it was an interesting, I suppose, point he made on that. Yeah, that's the disappointing thing about it. Again, I'm coming harping back to it is that, you know, the commitment levels for a club team now these days are just so high. Um, and yeah, shame that he's only in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. I think he's 32. I think he's turning 33. All the way you know, 33 going 34. And like, you know, he should be nearly, just, just coming out of his prime. Like 30 should be your prime, 32 maybe, and whatever. So he should still be well able for it, but the commitment levels these days are just so high. But look, it's a it's an absolutely fascinating story from start to end. It's a little bit different, so it is, to any of the stories that we've done or the interviews that we've done um, uh, over the last number of months. But it is really, really, really well worth the listening. As you said, uh, there, there, there's, there's no PC 
uh, going on in it. It's just straight off the cuff, straight from the heart. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant interview there with Rory Stories. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. Coyne and Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Meath or call us on 046-955-1910. We also have another one coming up this week, Davey. It's not an interview, but it is uh, a suggestion that we got in from Juicy O'Connor from Band Mabraki. Um, to no, we, we bastardized this a little bit, so we did. <laughs> we made it, we made a balls of it. So, what happened was is that Juicy had asked you to do uh, our 15 from the championship of 2020, uh, pick a team from the championships of 2020 using a maximum of one player from any club. So, you could only have one player from any club, so that would have been you know, you, so you would have definitely had 15 clubs throughout the junior, intermediate, and senior championship picking a player from each of them, but. We misread it at the start, Davy, and we spent a week preparing for this because we misread it and thought it was a pick of 15 since 2010, using a maximum of one player from any club. And uh, we spent a week preparing for this. And then just before we started to record the podcast, we realised that Juicy O'Connor had actually meant uh, for 2020. So we're going to do Juicy's maybe next week or the week after. But we have this one in the bag and it's going out this week. And uh, it was a really interesting uh, exercise as well. I always call them an exercise because, you know, there is a lot of work that goes into mm. them. And, you know, it really was interesting because we were thinking, we both said that there's, you know, anybody who picks this is going to be 15 different players all the time and whatever. But we had like eight, maybe, I think we could have had 10 or 11 of the same picks, which was just crazy, over a 10 10, 11 year period to pick one player from each club and put them into a starting 15. And we we had uh, we, we had some crossover players. Yeah, I think it was an in- ingenious idea or an ingenious mistake maybe on our behalf <laughs> because I suppose it just broadened the field out. As you said, this is going to be a piece of cake now picking the thing from 2020 to maybe <laughs> go back the whole 10 years. But yeah, it was like, because... I suppose the nine or ten similarities that we had in our teams, you'd say, ah, yeah, but it's even just remembering them. And you have to say, like, it's okay for me putting Podge McKeever, say, from Simonstown into the team. But what that does is that means that I can't pick another Simonstown player. Yeah. So it's okay for you doing that, but you, you can't just pick three or four Simonstown players. So you have to just be careful in the ones you're picking and nearly pick the best one that obviously fits the bill. Like, for example, our midfields ended up the exact same. We won't reveal yeah. who they are, but but the two of us had the exact same midfields. And I think in our in our back line, I think four of the six, not positionally, but four of the six players were definitely in there, albeit, you know, switched around in a different order. But uh, it was it was really good crack. And obviously we didn't tell each other anything before this started. <laughs> yeah, literally, this was one where we didn't collaborate. It was literally we'll name the two teams, and we 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 literally were were recording the podcast, and we shared the screen of my team, and that was the first time Davy saw it, and then we shared the screen of Davy's team, and that was the first time I saw it. But yeah, look, and and anybody out there, try and pick your fifteen, your 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 fifteen players, your team 
um, of players with a maximum of one from any club um, for for the last 10 years, for, since 2010. See if you can pick a team and see, uh, before you listen to the podcast, and see if, if, if you have a big crossover. But uh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And, uh, and of course, this week as well, Davey, we will have our 10 best series continuing on our Loyal Royals podcast. And this week, it is the turn of the famous club, Balnebracchi, the one and only Balnebracchi, the lads down there in that little pocket of mead. They own that little area, and that's just theirs and nobody else's. And they, they have to fight off all the West Mead and Kildare and, and, and an awfully people. Because they're not taking that little bit of land away from them. Uh, uh, the Bracks, the Bra- and the Bracks are back as well. So this will be a really interesting one as well, Davy. No, oh, I can't wait for this one. Um, as I said to you already during the week, I, I think these have become my new favourite second team in me. <laughs> um, I just think they're great, and uh, they've been crying out for this obviously because we, we've we've gone through a good few actually. I'd say we've probably done nearly twenty clubs at this stage. Yeah, um, we've done junior, intermediate, and senior, but. Um, yeah, just just really looking forward to this one. I think this one's going to cause a little bit of a stir and uh, it'll get the Bracks talking and it'll get them buzzing again. Yeah, it will indeed. and It might upset a few trim people as well. Um, but look, that, that feud is got... three, Bonus points if we do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Bracks the, the will be delighted with that. But like, uh, yeah, that, that feud is still going on over there between those two clubs, between ah, that healthy banter, let's just say. Davey, um We'll move on now and we'll go to our lotto segment. And uh, you have a few of the the club lotto's information there that you want to give out. I do indeed, Mickey. First one up is uh, Manalvi, who are usually on the ball on a Monday evening. And their jackpot capped at 10,000 at the moment. And uh, the reserve increases to 3,700. Draw takes place, as usual, every Monday night live on Facebook. Another one on the Monday evening is Dunshocklin and Royal Gales. They had no jackpot winner of last week's one, but they had five match three winners who all got 40 euro each. Uh, their next one takes place tomorrow, February 1st at half eight, live on Facebook. 13,000 of a jackpot reserve built up of 7,400 euro at the moment. Uh, Blackhall Gales, theirs takes place every second Monday. So their next one is until the 8th of February, uh, which is obviously Monday week. And theirs is at 4,200 currently. Clonard, uh, not a million miles from Balnebracchi, is at 4,100. It takes place Monday at 8 p.m. live on Facebook. St. Column Kills, the aforementioned St. Column Kills, um, their jackpot currently is at 3,800. Um, they had three 50 euro winners last week, but they had no jackpot winner. Um, next one up is Oldcastle, 10,600 uh, next Wednesday night. Gail Column Kill, their next jackpot takes place uh, uh, next Thursday and it's capped at 12 grand. So it's hitting 12 grand next Thursday, but it won't go any higher than that. So I, I assume they might start building up a reserve themselves there. Mm-hmm. But uh, theirs is one of the biggest in the county too currently. Navin O'Mahony's, uh, another massive one. Theirs takes place Tuesday at 9 p.m., currently 13,550. Um, so that's a that's another really tasty one in a, another of our town teams, I suppose, in the county. Dunboyne GFC, they had no winner of last week's jackpot. Um, theirs takes place every Saturday night at 8, 8 p.m., one of the more unusual nights, I suppose, for a lot of Mickey. You don't see too many of them. Um, theirs is also capped at 12,000 until it's won, so that's another one that's there to be won. And the final one I have on my list is Kilmainham GFC. Theirs takes place Monday nights at 10 p.m., and their one next week is 4,200 euro. 
Very good. And, and did you mention the Centralstown one, Davey? Uh, nope. No, no, no one there. Yeah, I just got an email in, so I will just run through that one. So uh, the Centralstown GFC lotto is 8,400, 8, 8, and it takes place every Monday evening. The draw takes uh, the maximum jackpot is 10,000, and it reverts back to 1K if it is won. And the lotto can be done online uh, using Centralstown's Smart Lotto account. So uh, you can uh, get that. Uh, you can get you can get on there uh, online and do their lotto. Davy, um, just this week, I, I, I was looking through the results of some of the the lottos and, and getting the emails in, and we had two numbers in four of the of four four of them. So we're getting closer. Um, that's the first time now I've seen that amount. You know that we had two numbers in so many of them. So uh, we're getting closer. We're going to. Uh, do you know what will happen, Davy? I think if we win one, we probably win three or four. <laughs> I tell you what, if we won the Dunchocklin and Dunbine and Avnomani's one, we'd be doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, it's, 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 it's like winning your first championship. You know, it's the hardest. But once you win one, the monkey is off your back and away you go. And we just know, we just psychically know what the numbers are going to be for all these um, uh, lottos. But uh, as we said, some really, really good... Um, Jackpots out there, and you can't win if you're not in, as we do say. Um, moving on, Davy, and uh, the final segment of the show. It is, of course, our Instagram interactive, and uh, you have a few little bits from Instagram for us this week. I do indeed. Colin McAreevy is first up, and he just asked, "Is it June yet?" Uh, no, it's not. It's <laughs> definitely not. There's no way of buttering it up, unfortunately. No, no um, it, it, it's either January or February. It depends on when he's listening to this, because we're recording this at the end of January, but he might be listening to it in early February. Or June. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Alan Moore is next up, and he says, Carl Gibney, next manager of Manchester United. That's an interesting one. Um, I didn't realise Ole was gone, but um, if he is, that's, that's a great replacement. Amazing what not beating Arsenal does, isn't it? <laughs> Alan Moore I've been watching his tweets as well during the week he's been extremely confident of beating Arsenal so I'd say that's really hit him hard in particular but um, we, we'll, we'll stop on that there's been enough soccer talk in this podcast already exactly. uh, Joe McQueenie is next up and he says this is true by the way he says at the end of the rankings Mickey said Ratoad Harps number one not Ratoad yeah you <laughs> <laughs> did as well did I? yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, like uh, I'd probably have Rathold Tarps a little bit higher than, uh, than 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 you would anyway in those rankings. But Rathold Tarps, yeah, I haven't played soccer against them in quite some time. We used to have some battles with them, but we're going back to the soccer again. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, Zach Griffin says, "Any squad list for the under 20s? Uh We haven't heard anything just yet, have we? Um, we know that from talking to Bernard Flynn that, that there's quite a sizable amount of people or players in on that panel at the moment. So. They can't do any field training, so it'll be a while before that's cut down, I presume. Yeah, well, I think there was 60 or 70 the last they heard in, so, in sort of like a development squad. And yeah. obviously, you'd have to include the current batch of Meads minor footballers as well. You'd imagine that there could be a couple of them that could end up playing possibly for the under-20s next year. So I suppose at this stage, the whole under-20s competition is probably up in the air, if only we knew it, because the minor has to be finished, the senior has to start... The under 20s, I'm not going to start making predictions or anything like that, but of all of them, that could be the one that could be most in jeopardy 
um, when we do obviously get up and running. But hopefully not. Hopefully it will be played. But um, I'd say at the minute it's been kept fairly high level and there's uh, you know a huge, a huge number of players still mm-hmm. included. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. Coyden Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Meath or call us on 046 955 Next one is from Peter Duffy and he says, thoughts on the share price of GameStop? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting um, that the, the share price has just went through the roof and it's, um, yeah, it, 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 it's an interesting one. I, I wonder how many shares Peter Duffy had bought in uh, GameStop. Uh, before they, they they rose, so he's probably heading off to um, some Cay- the Cayman Islands or something like that with his earnings. Well, a cousin of mine, I'll, I'll really hit it home here. Uh, sent this to me earlier in the week, and he says depressing enough. Bought at eighteen dollars and sold for twenty dollars, and he sent me a graphic of the blue and red dots, and it was currently at that stage earlier this week was at one hundred and thirteen dollars. I think it's since gone up to something like four hundred or. $450 a share and he is absolutely sick and he had, he had something like 500 quid's worth of shares in a Mick oh god lord poor chap and sure that would have been that would have been worth what, 10, 10 grand I think 10 grand yeah I was about to say yeah 200 times or 20 times um, 500 oh that's a sicker Peter Duffy is back again and he says oh. also any update on James O'Dwyer's management with Navin O'Mahony's Oh, that's an interesting one. As James O'Dwyer skipped across the other side of the town, I doubt James O'Dwyer has gone across to O'Matney's. James O'Dwyer wouldn't even cross the, the, the bridge at the bottom of Flower Hill, so he wouldn't, because he'd, he'd feel like he was entering into O'Matney's territory. Um, no, no, James James O'Dwyer, Jelly, is not going to uh, manage in Navin O'Matney's. No, unless they come up the far side, because from what I know is the round O is as far as Jelly goes. So he works between the Round O and Simonstown Gales football pitch. So unless he got them training in at the back of Black Castle or something there, Mickey, I couldn't see it happening. Yeah, unless he got them up to Blackwater Park. That's the only way, you know, and there is a bit of a pitch and stuff there, but he wouldn't be able to go to their games, uh, their home games. That's disappointing. Yeah. No, look, um, and Jelly would be looking for bigger jobs than that. He's probably, he's probably knocking on the door up there in Rathout, um, waiting for... Brian Farrell to make a mistake and Jelly will be in. Yeah. Simon Finn, one of the Balnebracki men, uh, saying Andy McAtee making Mark Havner's birthday wish come true. Hashtag number one choice goalkeeper. Oh, is there a story there? Well, I don't know. Andy does like a corner forward uh, come goalkeeper and maybe he's looking at the Brack's corner forward and he's thinking to himself, I like the look of this fella. Yeah, yeah, he's got a pair of hands in him. I, I could definitely make a goalkeeper out of him because there's no chance of making a corner forward about him. Robert Perfield is next and he says, Fergal Lynch doing his power rankings that vindicate Davies. Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, it was great. I read through the, the, the uh, power rankings that the Me Chronicle did to Fergal Lynch. And... Uh, 
Yeah, it was it was it was an interesting one that he that he no, the only thing is is that it vindicates you if we were just going by championship because his are the championship club rankings. And if it was just championship, I can see why you would have Rapo at number one. But when you're taking everything into consideration, we are taking everything from uh, the roads into the town, uh, the quality of the roads, potholes, everything. They're, the, how the the last time they scored a point um, in the league championship, Fesh Cup. So that's why, you know, if you're, he's right that you would be vindicated if we were doing our power rankings only on championship. But we didn't, so I, I I don't think you're really. Well, to be fair, I think his is a little bit flawed in the sense that he calls it senior football championship power rankings. Yet for every description of every team, he goes into their league form and their cup form as well. So you know, I I think there's a little bit of um, clarity to be made in that one, and as well as that, like he has Wolf Tones at I think four was it like. Obviously, he couldn't, he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't pick the same ones as me, so he was sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place in that sense. So, yeah, look, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really care too much about it, to be honest with you, Mickey. But, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes, you're not vindicated. Perfect, lovely. I, I, I am vindicated. Yeah, <laughs> he's just done me a favor. It's grand. Yeah, yeah. Go on. You're uh, off your, you're off your trolleys here. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> hold it together, you hold it together. Come on, hold yourself together, lad. Oh, God Almighty. Um, PS tapes to clear things up. Um, he says he's <laughs> this is just such a PS thing to send in as well. I'm making red onion marmalade at the moment. What's your favorite pizza toppings? Oh, he's making red onion marmalade and oh, red onion marmalade with a bit, bit of goat's cheese or yeah, something like that would be lovely, or even brie cheese. Um, and then what's your favourite what was the question what is your favourite favorite pizza, pizza toppings um, I love proper mozzarella uh, like buffalo mozzarella and uh, a nice spicy chicken and some spinach what about yourself yeah, you know I like a, a good pizza um, you're a pepperoni pe- man though pepperoni you? peppers and Cajun chicken would be my three toppings mm. of choice I think yeah, yeah. and garlic dip I was essential as well on the side yeah yeah well, obviously yeah or, or garlic dip or mayonnaise i'd be happy with either um but the garlic dip obviously for dipping the pizza into it yeah yeah i'm starting to get hungry now mm. yeah. Yeah. um shiny shiny well uh thanks patty for uh for, for for putting that into our heads and uh i'm I, I won't lie i'm a little bit hungover and now i'm hungry so i'm gonna and i've got pizza on, the, on, on my brain so I'm probably going to have to get a pizza after we finish the podcast, Davy. Um, but before we finish up, um, Davy is Cortan had some very sad news uh, during the week, and it would be terrible of us not to uh, just mention uh, Davy Kenny before before finishing up. Yeah, yeah, another another tough one out here in the club um, during the week with with Davy's sad passing. Obviously, in Australia for the last twelve or fifteen years, really, and. Um, personally, I wouldn't have known Davy all that well, but like I know a lot of the lads that I play football with now would have been his best friend growing up, and he would have played with them. He was part of um, another under twenty one team that lost to Screen out in Simonstown, I think in two thousand and three. He was he was wing forward that day, and then a year later won B League Division Two with Cortown against Gale Column Kill, probably a memorable enough win in the club's history. And um, he was part of that one, and I think he then departed about two thousand and five. Um, married his, his wife, um, Maraid from Kells, and had three great young kids. Um, 
and was battling cancer for, I suppose, the last year, give or take, and was was doing well, but just hit a bit of a speed bump a couple of weeks before Christmas, and uh, you know things went went downhill fairly fast after that. And thankfully, his mother and father, Joe and Eileen, got over just after Christmas. Um, we did a bit of fundraising before Christmas because. It was obviously, uh, it was an expensive enough trip to get them over and, you know, put them up in a hotel. They had to quarantine for a couple of weeks, but they got to spend some great quality time with Davey. Um, and he just dropped off there during the week um, on on Thursday Thursday afternoon. And the, the news didn't really break till Friday because of obviously the time differences and everything with Australia. But um, a, a very difficult one. And by all accounts, Mickey, a, a great lad and... You know, Ronan Harford is down there with him, um, very good friends, as is Daryl McLaughlin, you know, obviously Nulton's man, but they were the best of friends down in Australia. So um, just just very sad, Mickey, as you can imagine, and a very difficult week in the club um, in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the Kenny family at this really, really, really tough time. And, you know, our yesterday, Grey O'Hanlon. We'll leave it at that, Davey, for this week. Um, remember, we are Mead. Why? It matters more.